Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how's it going? It's going good, Henry. It's a nice night here in the Bay Area. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Today is November 27th, 2018, and we have a lot to talk about tonight because between tonight's podcast and our previous episode, the great Stan Lee has passed away, and uh, we're going to have this entire episode be about Stan the man. a person who has touched a lot of us, um, but certainly you and me, right? Mm-hmm, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's funny. When he passed away, it was right after our last podcast. It, I think it happened the day after. I think you're right, yeah. Um, it was a big blow, pretty shocking, and... You and I actually considered doing an emergency podcast. Um, the first time I think we have even thought about doing that, um, you know, and for good reason. This is Stan Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were close to doing it. Uh, we opted not to. Um, and I think it's good in a way because now that the dust has settled a bit, we can kind of take a look back and see what certain people have written about him. And um, we ourselves can sort of like explore our feelings and emotions a bit and Mm -hmm. uh, articulate a bit about our thoughts on Stan, right? Uh, So yeah, some of the details, uh, he passed away on November 12th, 2018. Uh, just about two weeks ago now. His full original name was Stanley Martin Lieber. So Stanley was like a shortening of that name, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And just recently, this might have been today, right? Just recently we got his cause of death, right? Uh, What was that, uh, Perfurio? I remember you told me about this, so why don't you scoop us on it? Well, officially, according to sources this morning, um, his cause of death was due to heart and respiratory failure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's all they had responded. He suffered from pneumonia. Like, there's been numerous reports throughout the year of, like, him visiting like hospitals and doctors and right. every time those reports would come out I would, my heart would stop and think is this the moment is this yeah. the moment yeah um so he's had like an on and off battle with pneumonia these past few years mm-hmm. and so it, that it probably played a part yeah in it, right yeah mm-hmm. as did his old age he died yeah. at the age of 95 uh so he lived a long life a long and full life, for sure. Um, so, you know, we didn't want to harp on the negatives and the depressing stuff. And I don't know. I feel like we should treat this episode as more of a celebration, right? It, yeah, 
pre- I was gonna say a celebration and dedication to his works legacy. Um, just kind of like the inspiration he left us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, before we get into uh, our personal specifics, um, I had mentioned there were some comments made about Stan. I mean, there were a lot of comments made about Stan Lee after his death. Um, there were a few that were notable. This one I thought was pretty cool. The cast of the first Avengers movie had a group comment about Stan. And it was really cool, so I just wanted to read it out. So this is from Scarlett Johansson, Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr., Jeremy Renner, and Chris Evans. We acknowledge his creative contribution, the thousands of men and women it has long employed, the millions that will continue to be entertained, and above all, his inimitable wit, grace, and humility. Stan, we love you. We will miss you. We're grateful to represent a small part of your amazing legacy. So a pretty cool statement from some pretty cool people. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts on, on that comment from the Avengers? I mean, there's so many comments that came that we took notice from everybody. So, I mean, like, other people have responded, like Tom Holland, um, Paul Rudd, so many, so many actors and actresses, even directors, a lot of cast members who have worked on these projects that were created by Stan Lee that have gone out just to, like, give his support and everything. It's just, it's crazy how one man kind of affected the lives of thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, more than thousands. I mean, millions and millions, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, speaking of that, I saw uh, Chadwick Boseman, who played Black Panther, he posted a little video of him playing the drums, some African drums, as you know, a little tribute to Stan and his creation of Black Panther. So... Uh, Pretty cool. Yeah, all these little tributes being sent out. Okay, on the flip side, there were some negative comments about Stan. Um, This made some news. Uh, The TV personality, Bill Maher, talked some smack about Stan, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So why don't I just read this out and then we can talk about it a bit, okay? Uh, So this is from Bill Maher. The guy who created Spider-Man and the Hulk has died. And America is in mourning, deep, deep mourning, for a man who inspired millions to, I don't know, watch a movie, I guess? Someone on Reddit posted, I'm so incredibly grateful I lived in a world that included Stan Lee. Personally, I'm grateful I lived in a world that included oxygen and trees. But to each his own. Okay, so Mar concluded his blog post by claiming our culture hasn't necessarily gotten stupider. We're just using our smarts on stupid stuff. He added, I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. So, 
He said a lot there. <laughs> he did. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Mr. Mars' comments? I think he lives like in an older generation. He still lives in that kind of generation that like comics are for kids, you know? Yes. Um, he doesn't consider them literature. Mm-hmm. Where I kind of think like, you know, as comics grew older, it kind of grew with the my generation, your generation of, we just grew up with comics, reading them, and it just became part of our lives. Like, we see ourselves in comics, we know the importance of them, they're easy stories to tell, and yet they give us hope, they give us inspiration. And I think comics as itself is a form of literature, in, yeah. especially in um, U- the US, you know, where, it's like a national treasure, you know. It's gone through. Yeah. It's it's gone through its own history, and for that, I think that it's not a kids thing that like build things. Yeah, it can be something that can be taken seriously, you know. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. His comments are very, very short-sighted, right? Um, are comics for kids? Yeah, comics are kids for kids. But they're for a lot of other people, too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, it, it's, almost so much, it's almost so ridiculous what he said um, that I feel like we shouldn't even try to, like, counter-argue. But, you know, I mean, what I wanted to say is that, uh, like we, what you're saying, you know, comics aren't just for kids. You know, I mean, you can look no further than the work of... Frank Miller or Robert Kirkman or Ed Brubaker, you know, look at their work and their stuff is not for kids. Okay. So, um, and that's just like three examples, right. Of many, many, many. And, um, it's just pretty ridiculous. It's like calling a whole medium stupid, right? Like comics, isn't just this one thing he's talking about. Right. Um, it's like saying uh, all TV is stupid, right? Um, well, there are a lot of different things on TV. And <laughs> with a comic, there are a lot of different kinds of comics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's really ridiculous what he has said here. And I know Bill Maher is the type of guy to purposefully say controversial things. And I think there is an element of that here. Um, He was just sort of stirring the pot, you know? Definitely, Um, But that doesn't justify what he said. I mean, he was very specific about essentially saying that comic books and people like Stan Lee have led to our country becoming stupider, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. that's like... That's a that's a big statement, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, there's been a lot of backlash. I I don't think we need to like, you know, you know, lash out and and snap back at Bill Maher because I think a lot of people have already done that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, let it be known. Like a statement a statement like this is is pretty shitty. I mean, I don't know, like. The, the timing was was really disappointing, you know. I mean, a lot of people were 
we're feeling pretty sad and, and melancholy with this news, right? So this is the last thing a lot of people wanted to hear, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he, Bill ha- Bill Maher, you know, he made some remarks again after he kind of apologized. Like, he backtracked, backtracked from those comments. For him, he kind of clarified saying, like, he wasn't an attack on Stanley itself and his legacy. Just the fact that people can use comics as a meditation is is dumb and he he kind of laughed at like people being upset about him making these comments just proves the point oh really so he kind of was like sorry not sorry sort of thing Mm -hmm. that's pretty lame (laughs) uh i mean i mean if you're gonna go after something i don't know i mean this is just my opinion but you know going after comics is is pretty lame, you know. If if he was to be a little more specific and talk about superheroes, um, maybe he has something there. But just to go after the entire comics industry, it, it's yeah, it, it's very short sighted and it's it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, but yeah, he wasn't the only one who was making bad comments. Do you know Army Hammer? I do from the social network. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear about his comments on Stanley? No. Um, so he tweeted saying like, "Oh, so touched by all the celebrities posting pictures of themselves with Stanley. No better way to commemorate an absolute legend than by than putting it up a picture of yourself." <laughs> oh, so his comments weren't necessarily against Stanley. It's just against. Like this sort of uh, narcissistic selfie culture we're in, basically. Uh huh. It was kind of like people were like commemorating Stanley by posting selfies of themselves with Stanley, like at <laughs> meet and greets or even celebrities doing that, like yeah. working behind the scenes. Yeah. And he felt that like people who did that like were taking away the um the value of the the tribute of like okay. kind of putting yourself out there. Like talking yeah. about yourself also while commemorating Stanley. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, if when Stanley was alive, you went out of your way to try to go meet him, get a picture or whatever. Um, obviously, he he meant something to you, you know. Or and, and also, if you're an actor, you know, played a Marvel character or something, and you wanted to get a picture of Stanley then I don't know. I, I think it's just, it shows that he, he meant something to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Again, maybe the timing of it was a little disappointing because I, I can kind of see what Army Hammer's saying. Like, we live in a culture where it's it's uh, like a selfie culture where where there's a lot of narcissism, narcissism and, and all that. Um, but at a time where we should be, you know, celebrating this great man's work, um, why do we have to be, you know, talking about this sort of thing? <laughs> it yeah. seems kind of silly, right? Yeah. Like the timing's a little off, right? Um, for me, I mean, like, I I think that people who post selfies, because I know when Stanley passed away, I posted a selfie myself when I first the only time I met Stanley in Silicon Valley back in 
2016. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, it was an amazing moment. It was yeah. the moment I had dreamed of for a very, very long time. Yeah. And so that's why I posted a selfie of me meeting Stanley because it was a moment that I truly te- treasured. And that's, I guess, like the best way for me was to communicate what Stanley meant to me. It was to kind of share that moment with anyone who wanted, who's interested in seeing my post. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've met uh, Stanley a couple times as well, and um, yeah, like I did uh, did the same thing. I posted the picture I, I took with him several years ago, and um, you know, my intention wasn't like, oh, look at me. Like, yeah. I met this legend. I'm so cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, maybe there's a little bit of that. I mean, <laughs> a when, little you, bit. when we first posted it, like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, hey, look, I met Stan Lee. This yeah, is yeah, awesome, yeah. right? Um, but in this context, it's now now it's like, well, let's look. I, like, I was incredibly touched by this man's work. And I actually got to meet him, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you're just, we're. we're we're just kind of showing the wor- world how meaningful the interaction was mm-hmm. and how important his, his work has been to us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that note, um, maybe we'll just open it up and, and talk about um, a little bit more on a personal level about what Stan Lee has meant to us, you know? Um, so first off, I thought I'd comment a bit on his contributions. So his contributions to the world are vast, you know. Um, you know, just the sheer volume of comics he wrote, that's notable, right? He wrote tons of legendary comics, right, that really paved paved the way for other comics creators, you know. Um, you know, we talked about how, oh, comics aren't just for kids. I brought up people like Kirkman, Brubaker, and Frank Miller. Um, you know, those creators, along with a whole lot others, they owe it to Stan Lee. You know, he paved the way for all of them, right? Um, so, yeah, I think it is definitely worth mentioning that, um, he was a comics writer. He was a prolific comics writer, and he was an incredibly influential comics writer, right? Um, I did want to make a quick comment. You know, uh, we talked a bit about Steve Ditko before because Steve Ditko, the co-creator of Spider-Man with Stan Lee, he passed away this year as well. So it's kind of crazy. Both Spider-Man creators passed away in the same year. Um, but we talked a bit about him and his incredible contributions to the world. And, you know, I can't say enough about Steve Ditko. Um, and I guess I did make a few comments that could be considered throwing some shade at Stan Lee. I did mention how, as a writer... I don't think Stan Lee's genius was his writing, you know. Um, His comics were pretty wordy, um, and they were 
they were a little bit on the corny side. <laughs> I mean, this is like, you know, decades later, so comics have evolved. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to stick to the fact that, you know, I don't think Stan Lee's genius was with his writing. I'll get to where his genius laid. Um, but I don't think it was with his writing per se. Um, I do think his comics writing was highly influential, like I said. And I also will say that his community aspect to his comics was highly influential. And what do I mean by that? Um, so before Stan Lee, comics were kind of, I don't know, they didn't, they didn't feel real. as, well, you say real. I would say, you know, um, personal. Relatable. Relatable. That's a good word, mm-hmm. too. Personal, relatable. You know, Stan Lee brought that to comics. You know, he would make these little editorial comments. You know, it's like, oh, you remember last issue? True believer, you know, <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, he would make these little comments that, you know, like maybe your uncle or your brother would write in the comics. Oh, like, oh, hey, you remember this thing he's referring to? That's from issue 47, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Stan Lee did that, and it made you feel like the creators of these comics, you know, were people you knew, you know? And it became, like, more of this family feel. It felt like he was, like, talking to you. Yeah, like absolutely. He, like, he wrote these comments, or he wrote, yeah, these comics for you. Yeah, totally. And he became this cool uncle to the world, you know, because of that. You know, you felt like you knew him, you know. That was cool. Uh, Very cool. And, um, yeah, it really paved the way. You know, and you could argue all the cool shit in the Marvel Studios movies has that same spirit. You know, it's all a shared universe. And, um, like, there's this feeling that... um, they're this one, this huge family, right? So I think the spirit of Stan Lee is there, and that you know that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to get to is what I think his true genius is. I think his true genius was character creation. That's what his most important contribution to the world was, I think, because um, not only was he prolific with his character creations. Um, but just some of the many characters he created were just legendary, you know? Um, So I'm just going to go down the line and list some of these. Like, there are a lot. You know, I'm not going to list them all. We don't have time for it. (laughs) Um, But uh, I just researched a bit and just, like, looked up characters he created, and I was blown away, you know? Like... um, yeah, so I'm just going to read some of them. So here's just just, just a sampling. And th- these are the characters that kind of spoke to me the most when I was looking down the list. But they include Spider-Man, the X-Men, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, the Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Silver Surfer, Nick Fury, Scarlet Witch, the Inhumans, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Galactus, Loki, and Doctor Doom. That's just to name a few, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, I mean, as I was reading that list, I just, 
I can't believe it. I can't believe one man was involved in the creation of all of these amazing characters. Um, I should make a comment that none of these creations were solo creations. He co-created all these characters. So credit where credit is due. Most of the characters I read here, he co-created with Jack Kirby. Uh, so that, you know, we should mention. Uh, Spider-Man, very notably, he co-created with Steve Ditko. Um, but, I mean, that aside, it, it's it's just an amazing list of creations that uh, it's hard to put into words, like, how mind-blowing it is that he created all these characters, right? Mm -hmm. um, so any thoughts on Stan Lee's creations here? I mean, at, at the time, Stan Lee created all these characters just to be different, something that would, you know, sell, something that was relatable, you know, because at the time, like, the big... When Stan Lee first created these characters, I felt like he created them back in, like, the 60s, right? That is correct. Um, at that time, DC Comics was dominating the comics industry of heroes like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Like, yeah, those are cool characters, but do you are do you see like a rich playboy going out into like a bad costume and being a vigilante? Um, do you see some guy who could lift a car and fly away at the speed of light? I mean, that's what the, that's what made Stanley different. You know, he made like these like interesting new characters like Spider-Man, Black Panther, X-Men. But he always kind of created like a theme behind them to make the reader see themselves within these heroes. And he didn't just make like like you were listening to a whole bunch of characters. He didn't just make white male characters you made like a diversity characters for everybody to feel like they can see themselves within these characters and just be able to inspire them to be the best that they could be you know yeah yeah a lot of great points you just made and i liked how you mentioned that he tried to have a different take on superheroes right um you know let's be honest when he was creating these characters um, you know, he wasn't trying to become a legend, you know, mm -hmm. he was just trying to sell comics. He was trying to keep his job basically. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, he had a, a cool approach because his thoughts were, well, um, you know, DC has Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. Um, what can we do? that's different like they're already doing that why would we just copy that right mm -hmm. um so let's try something else you know um so he kind of did a 180 from all of that right like the stuff you mentioned making more relatable characters you know making a superhero that's a teenager right spider-man was a teenager right so who like that was uh that in itself was was pretty groundbreaking right and he talked about um, some diversity, you know, Black Panther was the first ever black superhero, period, you know, and Stan Lee with Jack Kirby created the Black Panther. So he was doing stuff that was just different. And um, like I said, there was genius in these creations, right? 
it wasn't just like, oh, let's make something different. He was doing something that really worked, that people could connect to, right? It wasn't just that, oh, um, you know, Superman is super strong and can fly, so let's make some something different. Let's make a guy who can climb on walls. That's it. No. You know, he added all these elements that made these characters very identifiable and relatable to the readers, right? You know, we talk about Spider-Man all the time, how we feel like we are Peter Parker, right? There's a reason for that. It's because of Stan Lee. Stan Lee purposefully created this character so that, you know, people around the world could, could read his comics and be like, oh, wait, he's just like me, you know? That's where his genius lies, right? Creating these characters that are different and that are incredibly relatable. Relatable in their, uh, in their personalities, their character traits, um, but also in like the situations they're in. Like the situations, I think, are very relatable too. It's not just uh, character development, the, the stories, right? Stanley would put these characters in situations that we can all relate to. You know, with Peter Parker, he's like, he has problems like making money, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to like, he's got to make enough money to, to, to pay his rent and stuff like that, take care of his family, we can relate to that. But, you know, you take some more outlandish, outlandish characters like Thor, for example, or like Iron Man. Um, he puts these characters in situations that we can relate to, you know, like um, on paper, a character like Iron Man is pretty similar to Batman, right? Mm-hmm. They're rich. They have a lot of resources um, what and whatnot. Um, but with a character like Iron Man, we see writers like Stan Lee put him in situations that we can relate to. So as it turns out, like I myself... Henry Liu, I'm not a playboy billionaire <laughs> who is a, a genius at uh, creating gadgets and weapons, um, but I feel like Tony Stark all the time. Like when I'm working or trying to solve problems, I feel like, oh, like I am Tony Stark. I am Iron Man because um, I'm doing what Iron Man does. Iron Man. Uh, gets into situations and he ha- he has to use his resourcefulness to get out of them. So um, it's not just the character traits, right? It's the situations that these Marvel characters are in that we can relate to also, right? Yeah. Um, so again, a-, a huge part of Stan Lee's genius for sure. Mm-hmm. What else? I mean, I, I think we'll- we have plenty more to talk about uh-huh. i mean for me the other s- group of heroes that stanley made that i don't think a lot of people know is like the creation of the x-men like they right. were reflected off like the civil rights movement yes uh, off philosophies by mlk and malcolm x mm-hmm. um so it's got, it kind of just goes to show that Stanley, like, yeah, he created all these heroes to sell a buck, but he also like taught readers. Like, he would always kind of give like a lesson about like what it meant to be a hero, what it meant, kind of to know the difference between right or wrong, um, between like seeing yourself as a hero or as a villain. 
Um, and it just kind of just shows, like, he, you know, he was in full support of the civil rights movement. Like, he may not have been, like, up front in, on the picket lines, but he was showed through his work and being like, you know, this is how it is. Um, let me put it in terms that you may understand that's entertaining. Yeah. yeah. And even, like, with Black Panther, just showing how, like, there was a lot of pride between the behind the character of being black that hadn't been shown in any comic book character before. Yeah, that's right. Um, so there was just a lot of value that Stanley put into creating these characters that made it feel personal, inspirational, and different than what was already being marketed with other comic book heroes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You brought up the X-Men. Um, the X-Men right now maybe aren't as synonymous with Stan Lee um, just because they have yet to become part of the MCU. (laughs) Not yet. They will, right? Um, But yeah, absolutely. Stan Lee created the X-Men, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And um, yeah, like I think with with characters like the X-Men and Black Panther, he, he took another step forward, right? Like we talked about thinking about these characters differently. Um, He was extremely progressive, right? We're talking about the 60s, right? This is, you know, like 50 years ago. And he was thinking about stuff that nowadays maybe are um, like everyday kind of conversations, but um, back then, um, very groundbreaking, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like... He did use Martin Luther King and Malcolm X as inspirations for X-Men characters. You know, specifically, uh, Professor X is loosely based on MLK, and Magneto is loosely based on Malcolm X, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Pretty awesome. And um, I don't think it's any mistake that certain underrepresented communities have embraced the X-Men, you know, like LGBTQ communities and people of color communities have embraced the X-Men because the X-Men are an oppressed group, you know, and it was comics creators like Stan Lee that put them in the light of, you know, of, of being oppressed, you know, they were mutants, but there were so many parallels between them and uh, oppressed and underrepresented communities, real communities, yeah. uh, that, you know, I think that really resonated, right? Um, so, yeah, the X-Men, for sure, very notable, and I wanted to call out Black Panther some more, because to me, I think Black Panther is a very close a very close number two to Spider-Man in terms of Stanley's greatest creations. Um, yeah, like I think it's it's so notable that Black Panther is the first ever black superhero, um, and you know, like it's crazy because Black Panther is the first black superhero but he's also 
I think, the greatest black superhero. So how, how awesome is that, that the first is the greatest, mm-hmm. right? Because they could have easily fucked up the first one, right? <laughs> and we're talking like the 1960s in America. Like the first black superhero in comic books could have easily been like a pretty offensive character, right? It could have been, yeah. Yeah, it could have been like Jive, Soul Brother, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, okay, maybe Black Panther comes around later, and then um, it's like, oh, Black Panther's recognized as, like, the breakthrough uh, black superhero. But no, he is the first. The first, the best, and thank God for that. Thank God for Stan Lee and Jack Kirby for doing it right the first time, right? Um, it's amazing to me, you know, when... Um, I first became aware of Black Panther. I always thought Black Panther was super cool and awesome. And then come to find later that he was the first ever black superhero. It's pretty mind-blowing. Like, wow, they really nailed it the first time, you know? Um, Yeah, like, uh, there are subsequent uh, breakthrough Marvel black superheroes like Luke Cage and Falcon. Um, Certainly cool, you know? Uh, but uh, those characters had some some problematic stuff going on. You know, Luke Cage really is the like kind of like what I was saying, like the Jive Soul Brother. You know, like that's who Luke Cage was when he uh, first came out. And you know, Falcon Falcon had some similar like um, uh, problems there, like. Um, Oh, yeah, we don't need to get into detail there. But, you know, Black Panther never had those problems, you know. And I think it really was Stan Lee's thinking. He wanted to think of a black hero's, a, a black superhero differently, you know. Like he thought, well, let's make him from Africa. Let's make him super smart. Let's make him. Let's make him king. A king, you know. Like that's crazy. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and never was Black Panther did he fall into these stereotypes, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so much I can say here. You know what? Um, I took a quote. Uh, So after Stan Lee's passing, there's a journalist slash comic book writer named Evan Narcisse, and he wrote this great write-up about Black Panther and Stan Lee and how much... um, you know, he was grateful for this creation. And this is just one uh, section of, of this article. Uh, but he writes, T'Challa is evidence that Stan Lee, his co-creators, and the writers and artists who followed in their footsteps knew that black people existed in a fuller way than was often shown in comics. So that's all I'm going to read there. But the article is full of a lot of cool stuff. Um, but this is like, right along the lines of what we're talking about, you know. Um, this character, along with many other Stanley creations, um, had that had that difference to him, right? Like, this is just a different way of thinking, you know. Um, and part of it, yeah, was to sell comics. Like, okay, what can we do that is different from DC? Um, but I think that evolved. It evolved from like, oh, let's just try to sell comics. Let's do something different um, to like truly being progressive and to have these characters that 
that audiences really could embrace. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's important. You know, it's so important. Like, like there's so much talk nowadays about inclusivity and um, representation. You know, um, maybe without thinking of it, Stan Lee really tapped into this stuff way back when, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, pretty cool. You know, pretty cool. Uh, you know, like if you read some of these comics, um, there, there's some problematic stuff in there, obviously, you know. Um, um, but the, the, the thinking behind it, you know, the seed of all this stuff, I think, is, uh, is pretty cool. You know, like where Stanley uh, took comics, you know, is definitely notable. Any yeah. uh, thoughts there, Perfurio? No, yeah, going off of what you said, um, and what I was saying earlier, that Stan Lee, he was kind of like the forerunner when it came to like the civil rights movement for using comics as the medium to get this message across of equality. Yeah. Um, you know, like in those like comments section where Stan Lee would like write like Excelsior and kind of put it out to the that he was talking to the reader, you know? Yeah. And one of those, like, um, boxes, he was asked about, like, what Stanley's like, stance was on racism. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, um, bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. But unlike a team of costume supervillains that can't be halted with a punch in the snout or a zap from a ray gun... The only way to destroy them is to expose them, to reveal them for the insidious evils they really are. And it just kind of shows, it shows that, you know, Stanley was not about, like, why people were hated or anything. You know, that's why he wrote the X-Men. Yeah. But he recognized the kind of position he was in to kind of get this message across to, he had access to all these resources of creating a comic of being able to speak to millions of readers and just get his thoughts out there and it may not have been that like oh like he i'm an advocate for this but he's like you know these kind of heroes you look up to them for this reason and this is why they're awesome. This is why they're inspirational and why a lot of readers embrace them. It's because they're a hero for justice. They they protect the innocent. And that's how, like, you know, his him as a creator, the kind of mindset he had. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, you know, uh, another thought popped in my head, and that's, my earlier comments about Stanley's writing, and you know, I said oh, he wasn't the greatest <laughs> writer. And I'm gonna stick with that. You know, I don't think Stanley was the greatest comics writer who ever lived. I would argue he's the greatest comics character creator who ever lived. That's definitely, um, I think that can be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, with his writing, I will say this: he did write this line. Um, and, you know, whatever shortcomings, whatever you want to call it that I have, uh, with his writing, I mean, he did write 
in the first appearance of Spider-Man, Amazing Fantasy 15, he did write, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. So that alone, you can't talk shit about <laughs> Stanley's <laughs> writing because he wrote that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing, you know. Um, and it goes along with uh, the relatability of his characters, you know. If Spider-Man's thinking of this kind of stuff, um, it's, that says it all, right, you know. Um, you know, a, a line like that can really sum up a character, right? And uh, that sums up Spider-Man. And it speaks so much to the type of characters that Stanley created, right? Um, they're not always the most powerful. Um, they're flawed, you know, they're flawed characters. Um, so if they have superpowers, that's great, but they also have problems. And the problems just might be what they do with their powers, right? The whole yeah. responsibility aspect to it, right? Um, and yeah, it's funny you mentioned how there's there was a bit of social consciousness with, with Stan, right? Um, when he says there must also come great responsibility, maybe he's not just saying that Spider-Man has to look out for innocent bystanders. Maybe he's also saying that when we're creating stories, you know, maybe we should look at what's going on in the world, look at the civil rights movement, um, have uh, representation from different communities, right? Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, I, you know, in terms of writing, like, the fact that he wrote that line, <laughs> you know, how, how can I talk bad about Stan Lee in any way, um, especially with his writing, when you have a line like that? It's so legendary. And, you know, I should mention that um, that, that line is used in um, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. But it is shortened. I think the line in the movie is, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure I read the full Stan Lee line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it is stuff of legend for sure. Okay, yeah. yeah uh, um, what else you got? I mean, I was going to say, like, even, you know, these are all his writing works that Stan Lee made an inspiration and then years later, when Marvel heroes get like their time on screen, we see all these cameos by Stanley. Yeah, I was just about to bring it up. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we got these cameos, and even his cameos, he's making, he's talking about his work, and you know, the one that always speaks out to me is Spider-Man Three. No matter how horrible that movie is, mm-hmm. um, his cameo always speaks out to me, just because like he. He's talking to Peter Parker and gave him advice, and he says, like, you know, I guess one person can make a difference. Oh. Um, I guess, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> like, looking back on it, I don't know if I could see that as, I mean, that could be applicable to anybody. Obviously, he's saying that to Peter Parker. Yeah. That Peter Parker made a big influence on everyone, but also looking back, it could also be about Stan Lee, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It could 
be about himself uh-huh. but it could also be like to anyone in the audience like you in the audience yeah. any one of you could make a difference right uh-huh. so that's pretty cool sure um but yeah speaking of the cameos um a lot of people when they heard about stanley's death thought about the cameos that like <laughs> how they would come to an end right so they aren't done yet right because he has uh he had filmed some cameo some more cameos before his death right mm-hmm. so i think uh for captain marvel and avengers 4 we're gonna see stanley cameos yeah, that, right? those are confirmed those are confirmed beyond that we don't know right he was in record ralph 2 that just came out okay last week. i didn't know that and i think he's gonna be in into the spider verse too so. right i think okay. that one's also confirmed but there's also one more cameo that hasn't been confirmed and so we'll see which one that that's gonna be in oh so i think you're alluding to spider-man far from home it could right? be it could be it, could be. it would be pretty fitting that mm-hmm. that would be his last one um, but I think you had mentioned to me before that he could live on in a lot of different ways, right? There could be just an image of him in subsequent movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they've done that before. Like, I think there's some TV shows where we just see him on a poster in the background, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he could live on that way. Um, personally, you know, I wasn't the hugest fan of Stan Lee cameos. Um, it did kind of go along with this community feel I was talking about. Like, when he would write little comments in his comics, that was kind of like when he showed up in a movie, right? So that feel was sort of faithful to the comics, so I can't, like, shit on that too much. Um, but I had some problems that I think a lot of movie critics had problems with, and that's like, well, oftentimes it took away from the movie, Right. Like when you see Stanley, all of a sudden you're, you're taken out of the moment, and um, you know it's just oftentimes it's just for laughs, and it doesn't have anything to do with the movie. You know, um, I certainly won't miss like that aspect of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I also had another thought. You know, when Stanley would write those little notes in his comics, you know. Um, that didn't end with Stan Lee. Like that, that continued on to other Marvel editors. They would like make little comments, say like, "Oh, see last issue," you know, stuff like that. Um, so why does it just have to be Stan Lee in the movies too? You know, um, I had mentioned Ed Brubaker, the great comics writer. He had a cameo in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. That was really cool because he co-created the character the Winter Soldier with the artist Steve Epting. And um, he has a little cameo in, in that scene where Robert Redford is wanting to uh, wipe the Winter Soldier's mind clean. Um, there are these two scientists helping him. One is Ed Brubaker. You know, um, why not have more of that? You know, like, okay, well, Stan Lee's time has come, but... Uh, Maybe we can have other comics creators do cameos. You know, I think that would be in the spirit of Marvel Comics. That'd be fun. You know, might be uh-huh. kind of cool. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, what are your thoughts about the the cameos and the, cameos the future are, of the cameos? I think the cameos should. It's a fun little tradition that should be continued. That 
whether it being like a picture or even maybe like a saying or something mm-hmm. um it should be something that's continued just to kind of live on his legacy and also just what you kind of said it brings you out of the moment because I know, like, with all the midnight premieres I've gone to, and every time Stan Lee's cameo shows up, <laughs> everyone in the audience just breaks out in laughter yeah, or cheers, yeah. and they're like, yeah, we've been <laughs> waiting for that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's just a fun little, like, niche to the to the hardcore de- comic book fans. Yeah, I mean, maybe I shouldn't be too rigid about it because... It is just a brief moment. It's not like a whole section of the movie is dedicated dedicated to Stan Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess it was kind of nice to have that little moment of familiarity, right? Um, but, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be heartbroken if they kind of just continued on without him. Mm-hmm. Um, might be interesting to see if they do different things, yeah, whether it's an image of Stan or have other comics creators do uh cameos in his place mm-hmm. um I, yeah i kind of hope that like in avengers 4 because you know how like it's already been confirmed that stanley is basically the watcher in the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> right we saw that in what was it guardians 2 guardians 2 yeah 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 okay <laughs> i think that'd be cool like in avengers 4 he kind of like is like the watcher the one who brings back all these heroes and oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think that'd be a cool little nudge, but that's a far stretch. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, like, um, the the films of of Marvel Studios are so great that, um, yeah, I, I, I do tend to get a, a little nitpicky. You know, like, um, I don't want like little things that take away from the the main narrative focus of each movie right um so there's a fine line there you know i don't want to be like mr no fun zone like get those cameos out of here um but uh i think um you know things can go off the rail a bit if you just get a little too wild with it so um yeah i i hope i hope the the post stanley world is sensitive to those th- sort of things right yeah yeah um so we'll see we'll see It'll how it goes f- it's gonna be fun to see if like if they make any more like deadpool movies how deadpool re- would react like a post stanley cameo like like whether it be <laughs> an image or whatever i don't know how he'll, re- he'll react to it you know oh you mean maybe do like a bit of a parody of a stanley cameo yeah something <laughs> like you know break the fourth wall and talk yeah. to the audience oh yeah yeah you uh-huh. know if there was a character to do something like that i think deadpool would be the right <laughs> character you know uh-huh. yeah so um yeah i think we can start wrapping things up here um you know rest in peace Stand the man. Um, I mean, it is immeasurable what he brought to the world. And, you know, we talked quite a bit about many things, Stan Lee, tonight. Um, but in a way, we can never say enough, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's brought so much to the world. And, um, you know, I think. Uh, this one hit me pretty hard, you know, like uh, we talk celebrity deaths quite a bit on the podcast. And, um, 
Um, yeah, I think the fact that you and I had met him and his work has been so influential on us that, you know, at least for me, I, I couldn't help but feel the loss after I heard about his passing, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's a huge loss to the world, no question. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, for me, when I first heard of his passing, it, I was already kind of like, you know, I've been, for years, I've been like mentally preparing myself for it. Um, so when it finally came, I was like, okay. And then, you know, I thought I had my thoughts collected, but then seeing all like everybody's messages about like what they meant to Stanley, it was just like, you know, he meant a lot to a lot of people, even though no, a lot of people didn't know him. It's like what you were saying earlier. He wrote directly to you that it made it feel yeah. like he was he helped you become inspired. He inspired a lot of people. He opened up imaginations to a huge fandom. Um I mean that's how it was for me, you know. Yeah. And and then after reading everybody's else messages, I just kind of reflected back on like how I got into comics, what Stanley meant to me when I first met him. I was super excited, and just the legacy that he left behind kind of like made me like realize like how much of my life, how much of my beliefs, my interests is all really shaped because of Stanley. So he's like that father figure that. I didn't know, but I could always look up to, you know? That's cool. Yeah, that's a great sentiment because I think with a lot of the comments that have come out after his death, we've realized that he's meant a lot to a lot of people, you know, and kind of what you're saying, you know, the way he would have that that community feel like, we didn't know him, but we kind of knew him, right? Mm-hmm. We felt like we knew him. Like so yeah. many pe- people felt like we knew him, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I think that made the loss a little bit greater, you know, a little bit more than the typical passing, right? Okay, so I mean, I think we could and go on and on and yeah. on, but we can't, uh, we can't. Uh, Go go all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is farewell from Henry and Porfirio. Excelsior. Excelsior.